Welcome to Here Come the Sequels, a full spoiler podcast where we take a look at popular film franchises one movie at a time. I'm Tyler. I'm Alex. And I'm Britton. And uh, we're talking about Creed 3, also known as Rocky 9? 8? 9. 9. 9. Yeah, I got it right. We sure are. Um, little update. I, I did continue my uh, unofficial tradition of... Only seeing the first and third in a follow-up mm-hmm. trilogy to a beloved franchise like Fantastic Beasts and Jurassic World, I watched Creed 1 and Creed 3. So, I did what I could to prepare. Does Rocky die in the second one? No. Second Creed? No. Oh. Why isn't... <laughs> Weird. Questions we may need to get into. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. <laughs> they do have a, a decent way of kind of writing him out of uh-huh. the movie. I gotta take a nap. Yeah. I'm sleepy. Inferred by the by the viewer <laughs> off screen. Okay, huh? Well, there you go. But yeah, uh, this week is part of our uh, usual catch up because there's too many sequels now. Stop it, Hollywood. Uh, that's the most original thought I've ever had. Creed three <laughs> from 2023, directed by Michael B. Jordan. It has an 88% critic score on Rotten Tomatoes and a 96% audience score. Hmm. Britain, you didn't like it. What's wrong with you? <laughs> uh, I, uh, I, I balk at your accusation, sir. <laughs> I am exaggerating. Yeah, no, I will say uh, I did... So I, I the only of these movies that I've seen are Rocky one and now Creed one as of a few days ago. And the, the, the biggest barrier to this franchise is me. Um, I spent a lot of Creed going, why would anyone be a boxer? I don't get it. Why would you be a boxer? <laughs> and I recognize that that's once I, that would be like saying, why would you have spider powers? Why don't you just stop it? <laughs> why, why would you fight crime with your spider? Why, would you why do, not just like be normal? Just chill. <laughs> Go like, Run in the Olympics. Yeah. Stop, stop being people. Why, why would you do a bunch of missions in Europe or whatever? Just go be a guy, <laughs> James. Um, his, I understand why he makes the choices he makes. Um, but I think that, that I, once I poked that hole into it for myself, I was like, okay, well now I am working against the movie. Like this is not the movie's fault. I have to accept the premise. But frequently I was thinking your problems would be solved by not boxing. <laughs> if you don't have these issues just don't be a boxer but that's okay so i say all this to, to just point out that like i neither of these movies hit me in a big way but i see how the groundwork is particularly in creed one i see how the groundwork is there for people who do have a history and an attachment to the rocky franchise and i think that creed one handled the references and the like we're kind of following up on rocky while also starting this new character with a lot of skill and a lot of taste um, the way it touches on, like, like I thought the stuff with the steps at the end of the movie is very good. Mm-hmm. Um, Stallone does do a nice job in it. Like, I think it's a good, like, again, I, I'm looking at this as very much an outsider, but it felt like a very respectful treatment of that character while not making the movie just about him. Um, so I, and, and, and this one, I guess we'll talk about it, but I, I liked less, but I still appreciate it. It is Michael B. Jordan's first movie as a director, apparently, mm-hmm. which is wild. Mm-hmm. very very good looking movie so yeah i will say just in terms of a visual 
um, comparison. I think the first Creed probably holds up the best overall, just because it's Ryan Coogler. But I don't. Really I think this is pretty on par with Creed Two, which is also like a pretty solid looking movie. Yeah. Um, and that's Stephen Cable Jr. Well, Creed One we will be. We'll talk about his his newest movie at at some point this year. <laughs> yeah. Transformers. Really? <laughs> yeah. <Yep. laughs> okay. Uh, which I feel like Creed. To not to like get ahead of our opinions, but I I think we're all like probably coming into this essay like yeah this is a this is a solid follow up yeah um, solid more sequel than, more yep than, more than anything um I think Creed two is probably actually still my favorite out of these I really really like a lot of the emotional beats in Creed two and I think that is something that's probably a little bit lost if you go straight from one to three yeah um I don't know I'm probably exaggerating just because I happen to really like that movie um but. There, there is there is something there i think um but i do feel like maybe the fights in this movie are as good as they've ever looked they're uh, very visceral maybe, maybe bolt what? take like for, for yeah like for what i want out of showing cinematic boxing fights i mean i don't i don't know that i could ask for much more than this i did like how in the, <laughs> the, the final fight really, really they have that bit where they cut the audience out and it's just the two of them in the sort of black void boxing i liked that visual mm-hmm. sort of presentation of yeah, the, well, like they are completely isolated now just in this relationship we'll have to we'll have to get into i think some of like the the choices there and like the you know there it's been uh talked about uh ad nauseum that michael b jordan had an anime influence while like directing this and that was like something he was trying to evoke huh. um and that was like the talking point for a lot of <laughs> like press about this movie um which I think makes sense, but we'll we'll get into all that before that. Can you tell us what le- what leads us to those sure. fights, Britain? How do we how do we get? Well, I would love to tell connect you the dots for us. by reading the synopsis of Creed three, which reads thus: Still dominating the boxing world, Adonis Creed is thriving in his career and family life. When Damien, a childhood friend and former boxing prodigy, resurfaces after serving time in prison, he's eager to prove that he deserves his shot in the ring. The face-off between former friends is more than just a fight. To settle the score, Adonis must put his future on the line to battle Damien, a fighter who has nothing to lose. Apparently, people also search for Creed 2, Creed, Rocky Balboa, Rocky, Rocky, Scream 6, Ant-Man of the Lost Quantumania, and Rocky (laughs) 4. Maybe by people, they mean me. I was going to say, sorry, guys, they've been recording our our Google searches. (laughs) Yes, pretty much in preparation for this podcast. Um... So, again, this is, we alluded to this last week, that this is going to be, in many ways, a more awkward thing to discuss, the Jonathan Majors situation. Still no great changes from from last week in terms of that story, but um, this one was a more challenging balancing act for me because, and I I won't overpraise or anything, but it's a very good performance. I think he's very good in this. And it is, it's the, the thing that I get at is that it's, it's going to be impossible to talk about the movie and not talk about him and talk about the performance. But because I like the idea of Damien very much, I like that character. I like the, the premise for that character. Mm-hmm. But like we are watching this character who has a lot of pent up emotion and who expresses those emotions through violence. So that's a tough real world yep. parallel. Kind of, it's not the same thing, but similar to. I remember Jenny Nicholson talking about 
Johnny Depp, and that's a nuanced thing that I'm also not really commenting yeah. on, but saying it's harder to watch the first Pirates movie and enjoy seeing Johnny Depp play a drunk character when we associate that with a different thing now in real life. Sure. And so that was kind of how I handled it. But having said that, just talking about the characters written, I really like this idea. It's it's kind of a an easy option to go, what if someone from his past who we've never heard about appears? But I think they justify why he hasn't talked about him. I think that bit of it doesn't mm. even feel like retconning. Like it makes sense to me. It feels like building out Adonis's life rather than shoving something in and being like, what? Dom totally had a brother. What are you talking about? Michael Rooker was there. Um, <laughs> Bond also had a brother. Yeah, it was all good. <laughs> Don't worry about it. But I think that, and I just, I really like the the idea of this, this character who is very good, has his natural talent for boxing, but also just has this deep well of rage and bitterness and all of the life he's missed out on. And that you see that trauma and that nervousness and awkwardness pop up throughout the movie and in interviews and conversations where he'll kind of stutter over a word when they're doing that like HBO preview thing and everything's really polished. Mm-hmm. He's talking and he kind of stutters and repeats yeah. himself. And I was like, that's great. That's very human. But also like, yeah, this is a guy who hasn't talked to people in this way for almost 20 years. Like I really like that idea for a character and f- and for a new step in Adonis's story. I, th- I think that's just a really nice way to do a, a sequel to this. Yeah, I think one of the accolades I'll, I'll give the movie, like like you were saying, Britain, I think it's amazing that this doesn't feel super retconny. Because mm-hmm. um, so many times we've experienced this with sequels where they run out of ideas. So they're like, we have to bring back somebody from his past and like, just in terms of timeline continuity, it almost never makes sense. Um, yeah. Or it feels like super um, contrived and it, it just falls apart very quickly. If you like they had to do it. so much work to make it. it count. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's done in a way that makes create. I think something this movie does really well is, <laughs> I don't know if they'll end up making a fourth one just because it's like, when are they going to get around to it? All the people who are making these movies keep going on to bigger and better things. Like, <laughs> Uh, maybe not better but bigger things um it it is the movie i think does a good job of making this about creed and kind of establishing a world in which adonis can live and do his own thing um whereas first creed is very much about rocky in a lot of ways um second creed i i from what i remember is less there's definitely rocky in it but it's it's less about that but it is definitely about his father and it's about drago and it gets in all that stuff this one really is like, yeah, he's kind of got his space. He is, he is the, you know, he's, he's succeeded at everything he's done to get to this point. He's now living in his own place. And when you introduce this character, it's not like, oh, this is, you know, again, it's not his long lost actual brother. Like there, there's not this thing that is like, oh, this is the person who like totally uh, informs his entire story. And we, we don't know like anything about him. And like, we, you know, now, it's not this thing where it, it comes in and has to create this like crazy twist. It's like, no, this is just a, a, a person from his past that he knew when he was young. Um, he has trauma over what he did uh, as a kid where he, as we learned throughout the movie, he, he ran from uh, kind of trying to uh, help him. And when, when he got into a situation, we'll talk about that, that whole thing. I think overall that, that stuff's handled pretty well. The flashbacks in this movie, I think, are better than other movies we've seen that have have done flashbacks. Yeah. Yeah. Just leave it at that. Um, but yeah, the 
I, I think the way the movie introduces Damien as, as like, this feels very natural and organic to have somebody that you've kind of walled off in your past and, and totally forgotten about. And then have that person come back into your life when you've got this thing that's set up that's very stable and structured and, you you know, here's someone coming in to make it all feel uncomfortable again. Um, I think that's that's really well done and doesn't doesn't feel totally out of out of nowhere and like in a way that is shrinking the idea that it's not like I guess I, what I'm getting at is that it's not like it comes he comes in and then it's like he's not you know clever Lang's son or something. <laughs> sure. we don't have to keep going back to like which would have been rocky the, the place to go there's, a, Just, there's yeah, we another don't, robot <laughs> yeah we don't we don't have to like sit here and like drill in on all the rocky lore it's yeah. like okay now what's some stuff that happened with this character that we can tell that's a very personal story that we can tell this character that's just gonna work well and, and be be a great and interesting addition to this this sort of mythos so yeah well, i really like that idea it, and it also helps that part of the plot is that marianne has been actively hiding the yeah. letters that damien wrote to him from prison um so it's not just oh adonis conveniently forgot about him right and then the first two creeds happened. It's no, she was actively trying to push that part of his life away. Um, I don't know. It it feels organic. It feels like it naturally builds uh, based on the decisions our characters make and that leads into the conflict in the movie. Um, all that stuff felt very natural. Yeah. Um, I guess uh, real quick, I can circle back on why Stallone isn't in the movie. Um. So basically, there's a huge kind of butting of heads between Stallone and the longtime producers on this on these movies. Um, Stallone does not own the rights to Rocky. Um, and that's kind of been a huge sticking point for him, um, just because I, I think he's talked about it where he's like, I want to leave this to my my children, to my family. Um, but he has no ownership claim in it. It's all the producers. So when the producers are, like, working on all these spinoffs and everything, they don't go to him for advice or, like, they don't seek his counsel. Um, and I think that kind of just built up over the years, and that's that's just been something that was really kind of tough between everyone. Um, so I think they probably just decided to push forward without him, just probably thought it would be easier to not have Rocky in this. Um I could have probably used one or two mentions of like where Rocky is and mm -hmm. what he's up to. Um, but I don't, once you get like 20 minutes into the movie, I yeah. feel like it's not that big of a deal. Um, I still, I, I kind of feel bad just because Stallone is the reason we have this franchise. Like this is yeah. his baby. Um, so it feels weird having, I think he's got an executive producer credit, so he probably made sure. some money on this, but it's weird not having him be like an active part of the creative process. Yeah. Um, so I've got kind of mixed emotions there, but the movie ended up being solid. So I don't know. It's, it's a weird place to be in. But yeah, maybe he'll be in the next one. Who knows? <laughs> well, since this is in LA is on the other side of the country. You also have that of like, okay, it's not like they're, in Philadelphia, and there's this big fight going on, and we're just not talking to Rocky. So, yeah, yeah. Well, Britain, just to bring you up to speed on what happens in Creed Two, um, just real quick, and for those of you who who haven't seen Creed Two in a while or whatever, um, or just haven't seen it, 
basically Drago's son challenges Adonis to a fight and Rocky refuses to coach Adonis because he doesn't want a repeat of what happened to Apollo where he dies in the ring. Um, Adonis gets nearly killed. Like he gets absolutely destroyed in the match. Yeah. Um, and he blames Rocky for not supporting him. There's a huge butting of heads and then they eventually come back together and train for a rematch and then Creed wins. Um, and then there's like a through line of Rocky trying to get back in touch with his son, who's played my uh, um, Milo Ventimiglia. Yay! Um, and at the end of the movie, he goes and, and sees him for the first time in years. And he gets to meet his is it granddaughter, I think. That sounds right. Who's named Adrian. And, yeah. Um, and Milo is in Rocky Balboa, right? That's a callback. Yes. I'm make, yep. I'm making that. Yeah, yeah. So... Which is a very nice moment in yeah. that movie. Nice. So I, another. So I think the, this all ties into why Creed Two really works for me. Yeah, <laughs> and I think Creed Two just on that basis is able to like leave Rocky in a decent place of like, yes. okay, so if we don't get any more of this character, I'm fine with where he ended up, with reconnecting with with the family that he has sure. left. That's yeah. that's very sweet. I buy that. Yeah. I, Watch Creed Two. Maybe well, maybe that one will get you. Maybe. Well, I didn't dislike <laughs> either of these. Um, right. I'll also say I really loved the editing in both of these movies. I liked in the first one mm-hmm. when Creed is down and he's about to get, you know, called out. And then he's flashing back to things of the movie. And there is like the quickest flash of Apollo Creed from one of the old movies. And then he's like, <gasps> and he gets yes. up like, that's incredible. Yeah, that's that a is... very good moment from someone who has yep. not seen these movies. Like that's so effective. <laughs> and then in this, they similarly have like, I can't remember if it's when Wood Harris, because again, Avon Barksdale's in these movies. That's great. The guy who looks like Edward James Olmos is not in this one. Or yeah, yes, he is. Yes, he, he is. is. He he doesn't get much screen time, but he, yeah. he is there in the but background. But I kept being like, is that? No, Eddie. <laughs> but um, I can't remember if it's during the fight or when they're talking about like, you're old, how many concussions have you had? And then we get the... Flashbacks, and it's funny after get, last week having an uh, explanatory montage of previous movies that was stupid and shoved in a way that undercut the tension. This movie does it in a way that goes, "Ah, yes, I remember, and also am impacted by this editing." Yeah, mm-hmm. well done. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because that felt that-, that felt less like here, audience, now we remember, and more like Adonis is remembering his history and double thinking the decision he's about to make. Yeah, these movies are very impressive, and I would say all of them, um, even going back to the Rocky movies, like, all of them are good at paying reverence and respect to, like, the continuity, and, like, they know when to, like, pull at your heartstrings and, like, reference things, but they don't overdo it for the most part. Rocky IV might get a little bit into that just because so much of that movie is just one big music video, but... Yes. Um... I feel like it's got it. It just it, it knows the right right places to kind of pull pull from that. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Wood Harris is great. I like how he'll just show up because he's he's Duke's son. Duke mm-hmm. is a, a running character through the the original Rocky movies. Um. So it's really cool just to have him show up and be like, "I am the voice of reason. Why is no one listening <laughs> yeah. to me?" Yes. I just like it. I liked him on what I saw of the wire, of course, and he has a yeah. brief, uh, him and Steve Harris have a brief appearance on, uh, justified. And they're very funny together. It is really surreal seeing him and Michael B. Jordan. Cause he's, oh, he was right. also on the wire as a kid. So yeah. that's just weird. Mm. 
Oh, that's right. Oh, that's uh, and funny. here's my controversial hot take for for this evening, folks. The Wire, good show. <laughs> oh, snap. There were good actors on it Laying doing nice the work. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, I really liked uh, Adonis's arc in this, particularly when it came to Bianca. Uh, I like that now that he's in this place of like comfort and like he's he's finally earned the life that he wants. Um, he's now having like interpersonal communication issues. I like that. He's not, he's still not Mm. able to like open up and really kind of tell her things and like tell her what's bothering him. Um, I don't know. That just felt, that felt like a very human kind of place to take the character. And I feel like that could have easily just not, I, I, I don't know. It feels like that was actually thoughtfully considered. Um, and I really like Bianca challenging him and being like, I cannot help you if you don't tell me what's wrong. Yeah. Like, I just can't. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a movie about uh, boxing and violence that is also about, like, expressing yourself in healthy ways. Yeah. Uh, which is very interesting. Like, I, I really like <clears throat> what they do with his, his daughter, uh, where she is you know showing signs of of anger and frustration at school and like uh hitting other kids and like that scene was a bit much the bully who rips up her picture that was i have a lot of opinions about this yes but (laughs) but yeah please i like that the reaction to that first like adonis is kind of like oh you know she can punch it's fine what you know what's what's the big idea girls will be girls (laughs) yeah yeah. um and then they kind of like as he sort of is grappling with his own like am i actually you know communicating in a healthy way like i spent so long swallowing a lot of emotions and guilt that i have over this incident in my childhood and just like in general i'm bad at communicating um about about my feelings and emotions and like then him sort of learning to teach her like you can use boxing as a uh as as a a means of expression and sort of like discipline Mm -hmm. it's it's not just like oh you're violent all the time and hit it's okay you you know here's something where you can practice and you can feel yourself getting better and it you know is is a thing to work on and, and a skill to hone and not not something that's just like wild rage um and that like using that as sort of a meditation i think that's that's really interesting and i think takes the movie to some neat places especially with what we do with damien at the end of the movie yeah i i definitely felt like it didn't work as quite as well for me it felt a little clumsy and i wish it would have been a little clearer about stuff because I, I do understand that at, at their worst, boxing movies are about how true redemption is only gained through violence. Um, that is not what this movie is doing. Right. But I, I understand the argument that Adonis is having of bullies are everywhere. She, at some point, will have to learn to defend herself, especially, and this is unspoken, but understood as a young woman of color. Like, she will need to know how to, like, yeah, totally, on board. The girl ripped up a picture like it's not that I wanted to see kids hit each other, but I was like, if she wasn't defending herself, the little girl didn't like physically punch her or like wasn't beating up another kid. And then uh, Amara. Yes. Amara from Borderlands 3 is like, all right, well, I'm going to protect this kid or protect myself. It was just like, hey, you did a thing I don't like, so I'll hit you. And I wish there had been a little clearer of communication or like just for the movie to have Bianca say, okay, yes, but she wasn't defending herself. She was expressing her anger. 
And then Adonis being like, well, I can teach her a healthier way to express her anger, work through that anger in a way that's more controlled. And then talking to Amara about you can't hit people when you're just because you're angry at them. But here's the way I'm not saying it needed to be a, a whole plot, but just a little clearer, because otherwise it just kind of comes across as like we want to do legacy punching stuff and we don't want to go full force with the bullying. So here you go. It just felt a little if- iffy to me. Well, Britton, I, I did have that same thought, too. And it's it's weird because it, it brought me flashbacks to Rocky Five, which is the weakest of all the movies. Um, because part of that movie is about Rocky's son getting bullied in school mm. and he gets beat up. Like yeah. the bullies actually physically assault him. Right. And that's why he starts going to the gym and boxing and he is able to defend himself. So like that is very like th- – th- it connects the dots a lot better. Yeah, yeah. Um, I-, I did feel like the movie was kind of having two different conversations that did not like – yeah, <laughs> eventually I, sync up together. And I think Tyler, I think your read on it is definitely fair, but I would have just liked a little more uh, make the subtext text. <laughs> yeah, sure. Yeah, I think they. I mean, I know Bianca talks a bit about like like she's very like definitively like no. Why did you hit people? Don't sure. hit people. Like she's she's learning from you. We need to stop yeah. this. Like she she thinks it's okay. Um. But I, I think for me where it really ties in and we can get into maybe Damien a little bit here is like, I I like that the, I think it ties into the overall thing of like Damien's coming into boxing being, he he's very chip on his shoulder, aggressive. I want to win. I want to beat everyone up. I am, I have this like very entrenched anger at the world um, that I've been internalizing for all these years. And like, I am taking it out in the ring. Um, whereas basically we we establish very early very early on in the movie that adonis is a is a chess boxer we there's a i think a line of there where they specifically say that where he like is getting beat up by uh i think it's drago again uh or conlon maybe at the beginning of the movie or is it a different guy well he faces Dra- conlon at the beginning is his final okay, like official thinking. match and then he faces drago did were, did they... in his training montage yeah yeah did conlon is he in one of the He's the bad guy in the first one. Right. Okay, okay, okay. It's tying it all back together for me. I have not seen the other two in a while, and I really want to revisit them now because this movie made me remember I really like these movies. Um, But he's facing, yeah, Conlon, and then he, like, is getting totally beat up and, like, backed into a corner, but he kind of identifies that there's this weakness, and so he, he takes advantage of it, hits him in the ribs, and, like, totally just knocks him out in one blow, and everyone's like, holy crap, what in the world? Um... And so I like that we we have that kind of same repetition uh, in the end where he's very controlled and like you get the, I think the the fight at the end does a very good job not to keep jumping around the whole movie but this is sort of the theme of the movie is that like Damien's swinging he's he's going crazy he's not like super focused he's just like I'm going to overpower you and Adonis doesn't let him do that and then like because he is able to beat him and show him no you are not going to be the best just by like channeling all this rage into punching everyone really hard then they can have a conversation about like hey (laughs) let's like take it down a notch be human and like connect on an emotional level like i i think that that is an interesting way to take it where uh, it is a difficult line like you're saying britain to balance with you know like the worst impulses are just like yeah just beat everyone up and it's gonna be fine 
Um, but I think the movie is exploring like there are healthy ways of having this sport be a sport uh, and using that as a thing that like you can enjoy and be like a, a, a skill that you're really proud of. And there's a difference in, in using it for that versus using it as like, I just want to let all this out. And like, I'm, you know, all about the violence and like just being totally angry all the time. Like, I think, I think it's an interesting thing. And that's what really like those two together, I think to me, paint a larger picture, the, the, the sort of mini storyline with Amara and then what's happening with Damien that I think evokes a theme really well for me when I watch the entire movie that I, that I appreciate. I concur. Um, one thing I was thinking about, and I'll need to rewatch the first two movies too. Britain, does Adonis in the fight, in the first movie's fights, does he like pinpoint weaknesses like he's doing in, like in Sherlock one? Holmes? I mean, <laughs> or kind of, and Hobbs and Shaw. Um, I don't remember that being like, maybe kind of. Okay. Cause that, I, I, now that I'm thinking about it now, I'm concerned that's a little too retconny because in the flashbacks, that's what Damien is doing in his fight. Like it's the same exact thing. Mm -hmm. Um, so I'm now I'm almost wondering, like, did, did they change like Adonis's, like how he goes into these fights? Like in this movie, just to match the flashback in this movie. I, I don't know. It doesn't feel quite I like c- that. Like he, he might have done it and they just weren't as like overt about it. In the first one. Mm-hmm. I don't think so because I feel like these movies generally have him be like the smaller guy mm-hmm. in the fights. So I feel like that's how generally, like he usually has to be smart about how he's going about it. Sure. I could be wrong, but I, I think that's, I mean, and I don't think this specific, that specific like demonstration of that, like beat where he's like he sees that it's like oh every time he punches he leaves this open i don't think that necessarily is in there but i i feel like they've they've shown other things where it's like he's kind of figuring out it's more about the strategy and like how the other person fights for instance if your opponent is blocking and then opens his arms like a little window punch him in the face (laughs) i mean it it could be in the last two movies that it's more just subtle like it's just like his physical performance is like no he's being very kind of like cautious and strategic with how he's moving i'll need to go back and watch those but but that thought did occur to me because i want to say in the flashback scene like right before damien goes in to knock the guy out he says end game or something like that and then in the conlon fight at the at the beginning i think Adonis says the same thing, or it's like a, I don't know. It's like poetry; it rhymes. Well, he's just thinking of that movie he didn't get to be in. I don't feel like there's any like inner monologue. I could be wrong. Oh, Unless maybe he says it right after. I don't think it's an inner monologue. I think he says it to like the coach between rounds. Oh, okay, you yeah, may, maybe you may be right. That's interesting. Yeah. So that yeah. might that might veer into some retconny territory, but that's. That is not a big deal. I'm, I, I'm making I'm making a mountain out of a molehill here. <laughs> yeah. Uh, one thing I wanted to talk about because this is a complaint I had in the last two Creed movies, um, and I feel like it's not as much of a problem here because of the stylistic flourishes in the final fight. I don't like the CG backgrounds for these fights. All three movies do that. And I don't 
what was cool about the all the original Rocky movies, even through like Rocky Balboa, mm. and they go to like an actual like full on HBO boxing event, and like they just happen to have a Rocky fight shooting there. Um, but all of them feel real, and you can see the crowds, and like there's no like digital enhancements or anything. But yeah. for me, at least, I noticed that for all of these movies, the backgrounds to the fights, like aside from like the first several row- rows of the crowd, like the rest of it's just CG. Hmm. And I think they shoot against like blue screens. Um, sure. That I find very distracting um, just because the rest of the movies are supposed to be like, oh, they're like grounded boxing dramas. And then it gets a little cartoony with that stuff. But this one... Um, because it kind of does the fade out and like everything goes to black or whatever, like suddenly that becomes far less distracting and, and the boxing match itself is more stylized with the anime influence. Um, so still bothered me, but I guess to a lesser degree. And I didn't notice it so much in Creed. I definitely noticed it in this one, um, Mm -hmm. but you're right. And, and to touch on the anime influence, I've been thinking about it and, I wanted to clarify for the audience. They don't have them like pause and go, oh, and like power <laughs> up. And he's not having to find the Dragon Balls. But it's that's more Rocky like, Four Rocky or four, Creed Four, right, excuse me, with the robot and Rocky Four, kind of. <laughs> yeah, but there's a lot of like, and yeah, and uh, Bianca swats him on the head and calls him a baka, uh, and then <laughs> and he goes, ah, and a big sweat drop appears on his head. Right. Um. And there's a mech, but. Uh, <laughs> But it's a lot of, like, punch to the face, slow motion reaction, which I thought still fits with the previous mm-hmm. movie and how they shot stuff mm-hmm. in that. So it's interesting to hear that because now that you mention it, I do see it, but not in a way where it felt like he was trying to make a live action anime. He, it looked like actual yes. influence. Kind of like yes. Jordan Vogt Roberts was influenced by video games when he made Skull Island, but Skull Island doesn't look, it still looks like a movie. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And that's a good way to put it. Um, and I, I just... I, I do have some reservations with that final fight, but I do ultimately like that approach because I think your nine movies into this series give it something a little different. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Put um, a Frieza in it. <laughs> Why not? It'll be good. <laughs> On the sidelines, you just hear, Big Happy! <laughs> you, could do, you could do a sort of anime theme song rendition of their No Easy Way Out. Uh, I think that would work very well. <laughs> no easy way. Protect my hopes. <laughs> Together we fight. Yes, <laughs> I would like to see it or hear it. Um, but yeah, I I I really like the way the fights are. It's just so the choreography is really nice. It's very clean. It's very easy to see what's happening. The impact is super strong and well done. Um, it feels just over the top enough it's it's just dialed up enough uh i i don't know i think it works really well there's one particular shot in the final fight that you could probably call it a gimmick but i think it works because they only do it once um and it's it's sort of like the turning point for the like creed really starting to take over where he does an uppercut on mm-hmm. uh, damien and the camera follows it up and then like soars over the the arena and then like falls back down and we see like Creed's on the other side now like pacing like ready for the next yeah. the next attack like it, it is i think very cool uh <laughs> just i i'm i'm resorting to just very cool as <laughs> i can describe it because I, that's how neat i think it is um i like to have the thompson in general 
But mm-hmm. having not seen the second one, I liked that they kept with her degenerative hearing loss that she's now got the a lar- larger, I guess, hearing aid. Um, and they have sign and Amara is deaf, and they sign with her. Like, I liked that because that was something that again, a lot of franchises you would think by the third one they'd have forgotten about it and just kind of left it alone. The the second movie has one of the things I really appreciate about it is that it's got a through line about them finding out that Amara has is born with a loss of hearing and you know is unable to ever hear normally um and like Adon is sort of struggling with that as a pa- a new parent and like tying that into his own emotional struggle struggles in that movie I think there there's some really effective stuff they do with that and so yeah definitely I'm glad that they they keep up with it here yeah and uh she made him dress up in like ridiculous costumes and serve her tea I do like when he's like, okay, I'll go. And then you think he's wearing like a hood for a boxing match or something. No, no, no. It's a Yoshi tea party. <laughs> yeah. Between that and uh, them doing like the play boxing at the very end, yeah. like all that stuff was really cute. And that's ultimately, that's why I gravitate to the Rocky and Creed movies so much. I just, it's, it's not so much about the boxing. The boxing is like the icing on top for people that like that. And, and I do like that stuff. But, like, it's the human moments, it's yeah. the drama, it's the interpersonal relationships. That's that's why these movies have actually lasted this long and why this franchise is still going. Um, and I like that this movie doesn't lose sight of that. Because, like you were saying, Tyler, this could have easily been, it's Creed's, it's uh, uh, Clubber Lang's son, and they're going to... It's going to be the biggest boxing match you've ever seen. And they're actually going to do Dragon Ball Z moves and they're going to blow up the <laughs> boxing ring. Like they could have done like all the dumb nonsense. And the, the movie is able to have kind of the focus and the discipline to say, no, we're not doing that. Yeah. Um, I mean, the best sports movies aren't about sports, right? right. <laughs> or not really. Although I will say it would have been great if Wood Harris had had like a two minute shot during the fight where he was going, oh, how could he do that? <laughs> His power levels are incredible. They just, they just both sit cross-legged on the mat and start playing Yu-Gi-Oh. <laughs> <laughs> they should do that. Blue eyes, white dragon can't lose. I yeah. uh, Michael B. Jordan has got charisma pouring out of his ears. He is great. Accurate. He's just great. He's a very, very uh, easy person to get on his side and also a very good villain in Marvel. He's just good. Sure. Well, it's one of those interesting cases where he's in virtually every scene in the movie aside from like the flashbacks. Yeah. Um. So I just – and I can't remember if he has a writing credit on this. Um, I don't think so. No, he doesn't have a writing credit, but he directed it and like I, I just – I, I'm I'm always impressed when you've got a first time director who number one has to get in the shape that he has to get in, mm-hmm. um, but then also like you're in so much of your own movie and you have yeah. to like make sure that you're acting well. Like I'm just imagining like if I were to try and do that, like I would have no idea how to judge my own acting. Yeah. Like I I don't yeah. I, I that is just such a weird disconnect and like. I guess he learned from the best with like Ryan Coogler and like everyone else that he's he's been with. Oh, he, yeah, career. I mean Denzel. He made a movie with Denzel. Like, oh, he made a movie with Josh Trank. <laughs> oh, never mind. He just thought back <laughs> to to the days of. He yeah. made two movies with Josh Trank. How could I forget? Uh, that's the true. days they linger over Starburst with and, Trank and uh, <laughs> and Dane DeHaan is in 
uh, Chronicle, which is it, he's in Chronicle, right? That's yes. what we're talking about. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Dane DeHaan's in there, and that's a uh, little known fact. That's actually Josh Trank. Oh. Uh, that's that's Josh Trank's uh, acting persona. Oh, so. interesting. Uh, and he directed Amazing. That is an example. Yeah, he also directed Amazing yeah. Spider-Man. Um, <laughs> two. He's also two. yeah. Mark Webb is his other station. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, um, I, I. It's also impressive how little it feels like a vanity project, you know, mm-hmm. for yeah. to be directing the movie and again to be in almost every scene. And he does look ridiculous. <laughs> like it's, it's yeah. crazy. Yeah. Um, he looks a ton like Apollo Creed. Sure. Um, and a mountain. And I, a, like I know, <laughs> sure. <laughs> I know a lot of it is just. And he runs hair. up one too. So that's just a weird visual. He does. Yeah. He does. I know a lot of it is just the facial hair, but like there, there's moments yeah. where like I, you can, I feel like you can tell he is emoting right in a way to like evoke that that performance like it yeah it's, it's one of the things that i really like about this and i'll say trilogy but i've only seen one and three and i'm kind of, this is kind of my review for creed one as well is these are black films and i really mm-hmm. like that the franchise has gone we are not you know leaving rocky behind or anything but like we are carrying this on with this new torch and but we're not like hiding that quality in the character or in the movies it doesn't feel tokenized it's not like I don't know, but it just these are these are black films. I mean, and I really love that, and it's just so I don't know. It has this different vibe to it, this different energy to it that is still welcoming and carrying on the Rocky thing. Yeah, m- I feel like much in the same way that uh, the Black Panther yes. movies are about like yes. it, it's 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 about like what are the struggles of being in black community and like what you know what are the things that. I guess can are are very relatable to growing up in that. And like, I don't know. I, I feel like it's, um, it, it, it goes to a similar place of like being like, no, we're just going to tell a story about black people yeah. or not. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, it, I think does a good job of, of just being about that and not having like a white filmmaker's, perspective well, and, on yeah. anything and, and both and yeah. they're all directed by black exactly Spec- specifically ryan Googler. very uh, useful in that well and and again being about we are still doing this franchise this is a rocky movie this is a marvel movie but it is it is this black story as well and finding that balance is is really effective and Googler has so many beautiful long takes in creed one we all know i love my long takes but the framing is so gorgeous like there's one where he's he's running one of the training montages and all these kids on like motorized like bikes and motorcycles and stuff are following mm-hmm. him and they're all cheering for him and then like he finishes his run and he's like cheering and they're all circling around him like it's a gorgeously presented image like it's very moving yeah. and it's just this really wonderful beautiful thing um and i think that again jordan like really it's it's a very good looking movie I, I can't remember the director of photography on it but like I, I'm sure he also was like leaning on the rest of the team to be like, Hey, like, you know, help me do this. But clearly this guy can direct a movie. Like I would, I would be mm-hmm. interested to see him take on another one. Uh, not just Creed, but yeah, like secret Wars. <laughs> 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 It'll be fun. What's the worst that could happen? You know what? After quantum, hey, you did this pretty good, like personal drama. What's, uh, <laughs> let's up the stakes. You know what? What, what up? Chronicle two. Let's just do it. <laughs> that would actually who be, cares I come on be very come on i don't remember who else is in that movie they're probably free let's do this so 
Yeah, like Josh Trank. Oh, I, I was gonna say it'll it'll be fun to make Chronicle Two uh, without its writer or director. Yeah, just yeah. Dane DeHaan, Michael B. Jordan, and the other people in the movie who were. Uh, we're gonna say it was all the Nairn Reich. Hey, and just roll with Kate it. Mara. Um, <laughs> yeah, Dylan Minnette. <laughs> yeah, I, I just had the same thought. Um, Dylan Minnette. Um, real quick, uh, the thing that I appreciate the most about the Creed movies, um, I think this is maybe the most effective soft reboot that's been done. Um. In terms mm-hmm. of, we're basically remaking the original movie and then we're just going to carry it forward because this one was successful. And the plot beats are similar, yes. A lot of, just because it's the structure of a boxing drama. Um, but I think where these movies really excel and why they really work is Adonis does not feel like a um, like a hollow version of Rocky. Um, Bianca doesn't feel like a hollow, you know, recreation of Adrian. Like we don't have like the token, like one-to-one comparisons to make there. Um, they feel like entirely different people and it feels like it just, it's a reflection of, of Ryan Coogler and his writing and like the casting. And it, it just, it doesn't feel like that super hollow, like, oh, we've just got a, a young up and coming actor that everyone's going to like, and yeah. we don't really have to give them much on the page. They can kind of just sell it with their charisma. No, there is stuff on the page. There is stuff for the actors to do. And it's not just repeating what was done 40 years ago. There is a moment which we referenced in this, where he runs up to the top of the Hollywood sign. Mm-hmm. There's kind of a reveal. He's, he's in his training montage and he's running up a hill and he gets to the top and it zooms out and, it's, and he, he does this great like roar. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Just, it's sort of like the T-Rex from Jurassic Park, <laughs> uh, but it's great. Uh, and it zooms out and he's over the Hollywood sign, which is very much like, Oh, it's the running up the stairs mm-hmm. moment. Like that's, that's what it is. But it's so much more earned that it's in the third movie. Sure. <laughs> like, I think if they'd done that in the first movie and been like, Oh Yeah. This is this is his version of that. Mm-hmm. That it's like okay. Oh, yeah, they do the better cool. thing with him and Rocky walking up the stairs at the end of the movie. Which exactly, is so much more moving. And and then this is like no, this is his own thing. Yeah, that now he's doing something different. Like, I I think that's that's very neat. I agree. Um, can we talk about Marianne real quick? No. Oh, um, sure. <laughs> Continue. Um. Yeah. I, because uh, Felicia Rashad has been in all three Creed movies, but she's not the actress from the original Rocky movies. Um, and it's it's interesting that that's never been, like, an issue for me. Um, mm-hmm. I think she's able to, like, immediately pick it up. And I, I feel like her and Michael B. Jordan just have spectacular... So, so that character work. is in the original movies, not... Yes. Okay. Not Adonis's it's... mom or anything, but Apollo's mm-hmm. mistress. No, this is... Uh... Marianne is Apollo's wife. Okay, okay. But not Adonis. So, oh, Adonis's mom was the mistress. Right. Correct. Gotcha. Yeah. Um But yeah, I really like her in all of these movies and to be honest, I'm not quite sure how I feel about her dying in this. Yeah. If that feels a little too tacked on. Um the main reason it doesn't bother me is because I really love her final scene with adonis Mm. and she's she's seeing apollo yeah um and she's talking to him and she's like oh adonis is just wonderful like he saved me and like all that stuff 
even like my second time watching it, like that scene made me tear up. Like that's genuinely great. And, and Adonis, like he doesn't know how to process that. And he's trying to like tell her, no, it's, it's me. Um, and I think that's just like a really like bittersweet, like lovely last scene with the two of mm-hmm. them. Um, and like I said, I, I, I've got kind of mixed feelings about whether or not she should even die in this movie. Cause that, yeah. I, I don't know if that feels tacked on or not. No, I, I, I felt that way a little bit. Yeah. These movies do. It, I guess Rocky two has Adrian get sick. Yeah. And she goes yes. into a coma. Well, she gets, she gets sick right as she's going into labor, I believe. Right. Um, and she's able to deliver, but then she goes into a right, coma. Right, right. Um, and then you have obviously Apollo and Rocky Four. I feel like there has been a consistent through line of them kind of like showing how the personal stuff can happen at any time. I mean, Apollo is related to the boxing, but I mean, the personal stuff can happen. Yes, that's exact. I think that was the example that I was trying to look for there. Um, the movies do a good job of having the personal stuff impact the boxing storyline and like having that be like, Oh, and the, the everyone's got stuff going on. <laughs> like that's yeah. going to end up being totally unrelated. And like, they're trying to balance both these things and they're like career goals, so to speak. Um, so I feel like on that note, and maybe that is a little bit too much, like leaning on the Rocky formula to do it that way. Um, so I don't, yeah, I I think I will say my, probably my biggest, Mm, concern with the movie it's not even like a major like oh this is a real problem but my the thing that i felt while i was watching this is that i think because we we hit the point where there's a there's basically like 10 scenes in a row that are like increasingly devastating moments for creed and then sort of increasingly like recovering from that moments (laughs) like it it takes a very long time for us to kind of get through the second act, third act turn into the fight with Damien. Um, We basically have, uh, what is it? What, what is the name of the boxer that Damien beats up? Um, Oh, Uh, name of the movie. Yeah, I can see him. Thank you. Rotten tomatoes for not listing him in the cast. They call. I think his they, he has a nickname of Guerrero, and I've yeah. horribly botched my rolling my R's there. But like, basically, he gets uh, beaten up by Damien after Creed set up the fight to, you know, basically try and figure out a way to salvage the publicity of the fight that was supposed to happen, and then also give Damien a shot. Um, and it goes horribly wrong because Damien wins. Felix, uh, sends, Felix Chavez. Felix, there we go. Yes. Oh. There we um. Go sends Felix to the hospital. Um, and then he goes to see his mom and his mom tells him, or see Marianne. And she tells him like, Hey, you're, you know, I, I hit all these letters from you all this time. I think then he goes to see Damien. Yep. And Damien punches him. And then he goes back and, uh, he gets in a shouting match with Bianca and then his mom has a stroke. I uh, might be skipping a, another beat in there too. Um, and and so like we we go through this series of like it just keeps getting worse yeah. for a little while. And then the 
the spin out of that i mean he talks he, he finally like opens up to bianca they have a conversation so that's like a nice like okay we're kind of opening up a little bit moment but then there's kind of a a double beat where then he he goes to get back in the ring and drago's beating him up and he sort of has a i don't remember is this where they insert the flashback of him running from the the confrontation with the police or is that during because i think in the conversation with bianca he just talks about it yeah he I, says i ran i think and then i right. think in the montage yeah they they have him running or they show the flashback to him running away which is an effective moment to use that i think um but that is like he's sort of not it's not really working but then he re- processes something there and then he, he keeps fighting and then the montage happens and then we you know get onto the kind of final fight of the movie it it all feels i think emotionally you could balance the tone a little bit more throughout oh and i meant, i forgot the part that um marianne shows him that damien is the one who broke the hand of the guy who was supposed to fight felix so that damien would get a shot to fight felix uh because he used a contact that he met in in prison uh that's the whole thing so like it, there there's a lot that hits you really quickly there um and it's all back to back to back to back in terms of like the big downfall moments it's kind of it feels a little bit piling on i think that's where like you probably don't need to have marianne have a stroke there i think you could probably have that still be effective just when we're looking at like the conflict already within the movie and and how that gets resolved and that would make the movie a little tighter that that was the one moment in the movie where i was like okay we, we are we are playing a lot of the hits here emotionally uh and that it, i i felt the length of the movie for a little while there right around like that part see that's interesting tyler because i honestly felt that um in the second half of the movie i felt that it moved too fast um and i kind of had the sure, same maybe feeling that's kind of that i had with rocky three where i feel like it has a very compelling like first act mm-hmm. and then when we have the turn where we have the big boxing match where somebody loses dramatically um and then the, everything starts to fall apart like right around i think it's the scene where damien like turns on him when they're confronting each yeah. other on the beach i think after that point i was like okay now it's moving way too fast <laughs> um but maybe and i think that's like two reactions to the same sure <laughs> the same uh thing happening in the structure of like there's a lot that happens there really quickly. And I think it would be if you had less stuff and more time to like process that stuff. Yeah. I think, I think that would flow better. Yeah, And I kind of feel the, like I said, I, I felt the same way with Rocky three. Cause it feels like when Rocky's going through like his recovery period, like all that stuff moves incredibly fast. And then like five minutes go by and you're already at the final boxing match. And you're like, what, what? <laughs> oh, this movie's only 90 minutes. What? Yeah. This movie's a little longer than that, but it is the shortest of the Creed movies. Really? Yeah. Like hour 57 or something. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess going along with that, uh, circling back to the final fight, I'm of two minds about it. Because like I said, I like the stylistic flourishes. It's the ninth movie in this series. Change it up a little bit. Like I get that. And I like a lot of the, the flourishes. But at the same time, and maybe this is just me hanging on to my love of the first couple of Rocky movies. It feels like not a whole lot of damage is happening. And I know that's a weird thing to say, but I'm used to them getting to the end of the match and you can hardly like 
decipher their face. Like, like uh, the, the end of the first Rocky movie, like he's going, cut my eye open, Mick. And they have to like, yeah. so he can see. Um, and like, they're pretty much fine at the end of this movie. And I'm like, this is really big. Like they, I mean, they are in superhero movies, but they're like, just like big, like crazy over the top muscular guys. And they're just like, they, they got like some nosebleeds or whatever. <laughs> like, I don't know. That's just, maybe I, I circling back to kind of my, uh, something I talk about when it's like James Bond or Indiana Jones. Like I, I tend to like when our protagonist like gets beat up and gets hurt and is like visibly kind of worn down. Um, and I feel like the Rocky movies, um, at least the first couple sell that very well. Um, and actually I feel like that's one thing that Rocky three once again, drops the ball <laughs> on. Cause I feel like he gets to the end of the fight with Mr. T and he's got like, maybe his, He's got some blood on his nose or something like it's not yeah. it's not that bad. I, I mean, I think there's there's more to it. Like they, they do have some some bruising. Song. Oh, they do. Yeah. And I, I think particularly I, when um Damien does like a big gut punch and everything slows down and you see the sweat fly off mm-hmm, of mm-hmm. Adonis's back in slow motion. Um, I wanted more of that. <laughs> Sure. I guess is There's, what I'm getting at. I, it does feel like mostly they they demonstrate how how beat up they are by how much blood they're spitting. Sure, yeah. uh, that is kind of the what they. There's a there's a really effective freaky moment where uh, Damien like pulls his mouth guard out and he's like, oh yeah, because like you hear like a tooth come out. Yeah, that he spits out into a bucket. Um, and but yeah, they, they on it is not as far as. Well, the, the Rocky movies, or as yeah, because of Creed that, one, like his entire eye is swollen shut by the end. Right. Uh-huh. Well, I mean, maybe it is. It, maybe it's more realistic that it's executed this way overall. Um, just with safety standards in professional sports, like getting better over time. Maybe that's it, or maybe. maybe they're just like, maybe everyone's like, yeah. Remember when Rocky would just kind of throw his face at an opponent and just get <laughs> repeatedly punched in the head? That's not good. <laughs> Yeah. And that's not very realistic for a fighter to do, so we're not going to do that. They're going to use their gloves to protect themselves. <laughs> I don't know. Pretty good. Your mileage will vary on that being an issue. <laughs> uh, this movie has a cameo from Stephen A. Smith. Who is a ESPN personality known for trash talking and being crazy. Yeah, he has a lot of really fun. Like sometimes I think he's he'll just like post like videos on Twitter and be like, use this as a reaction. (laughs) (laughs) Just like post his own reaction. It's it's very good. He's he's a personality. He he's like involved in like a show that I think a lot of people hate because it's like very over the top and uh, stuff. But um, I think as a personality, I, I generally think he's he's just kind of funny. Uh, he's he's good at what he does at getting clicks and everything. Um, but he's on here and he gets to like troll Creed a little bit about being like, yeah, everyone's saying you're washed up and terrible and bad. <laughs> like, wh- how are what are you? You know, what's going on? What are you doing? I was gonna say, um, is his is his show called Troll That Athlete? <laughs> basically, basically. <laughs> um, and then when. Uh, Damien calls into his show and like they they schedule or decide they're going to fight on the show live. He like gets really excited. 
it's a fun little cameo and i like it a lot more i think i was messaging y'all i like it a lot more than i don't know in like batman versus aquaman am i thinking of aquaman does that have like a cameo from like some random reporter guy blitzers and everything (laughs) the dc's done this yeah yeah, the dc's done done this a few times bbs has anderson cooper uh john stewart uh neil degrasse tyson (laughs) um where they just like they just give him a line yeah yeah it's like yeah just say something about doomsday whatever (laughs) say that fortunately there's nobody who will be killed by the violence that is about (laughs) to happen be be the uh the authority that says that actually all of this is fine oh anderson (laughs) Um, cooper said it It must be true pretty sure walter cronkite was an unhinged (laughs) pretty sure he was like there's a crazy driver all over the place (laughs) he said there's an unhinged on the road you better look out (laughs) and after the courtesy tap Um, he takes off his glasses and he's like well, that is something. Look at that. <laughs> My point is that is is a better is a better cameo. If you're gonna do celebrity personality cameos, do it like this, where he gets to like. It, it feels like they probably were like, "Hey, how would you? You know, here's the talking points. How how would you do this? Right. <laughs> like g- giving him guidance rather than like direct lines. And I thought that was neat. There's a there's a good uh, moment. I think we were talking about it where. It's like an HBO or Showtime, like it just the movie just becomes like an HBO or Showtime like documentary for a couple scenes. Yeah, uh, yeah. showing like, I like that. interviews and things. That's pretty neat. I think Liev Schreiber is credited as being in the movie because he's like the voice of HBO or whatever. He's like tonight on That's HBO, yeah. <laughs> which I think is funny. Very good. I was like Saber Two. He, he, he should fight Creed, but as Victor Sabretooth. Creed versus Adonis Creed. Oh. <laughs> he should be his character from Scream who gets killed in the third movie. Or Ray Donovan, who is a plumber spy. I never watched this show. Yeah. It's like Barry, but not funny. Yeah. It's so like Barry. Probably my vibe. Oh. I only watched the first season. <laughs> it was fine. It got, I've, I've not seen either. It got show. too dark for me. Um, um, I haven't seen Ray Donovan. Talk about Barry. But anyway. <laughs> I like this has been our segment takes on two shows that we have yeah. no strong opinions. I on. do love Bill Hader. Uh, what do we other things that we should talk about with Creed three? Are there any? I respect that the movie doesn't inject a ton of Rocky music mm-hmm. in there, but at the same time, I want more Rocky music in everything. So yeah, it's balanced. <laughs> well, I think it comes up at, at nice moments. Yeah. Uh, throughout like really the third act i do feel like i remember the montage i think it's in creed 2 where there's a montage that has like a soundtrack song that mixes in with the rocky theme and that is really good and i i love that montage i think this this montage is good gets the job done it's not quite as impactful as some of the others they've done one one of these days we'll have to go back through and watch all the Rocky movies and then rank the montages. I think that would be a good, a good experiment. I um, it's a little unfair because Rocky Four wins. Well, yeah, but that's what I'm saying. You do you start with Rocky Four and you then can't, you can't you can't beat Hot Hearts on Fire with him climbing up a mountain in Russia and then yelling Drago at the well, top of his lungs. You well, just can't however, beat it. However, do we rank both montages? 
I think that's the key. I think you can, that's where you, that's where you can get, make it interesting. Cause you also have to bring the no easy way out montage. So, which is a Rocky is sad. Let us show you footage from the other Rocky yes, films for five minutes. Show. So like, that's gonna, that's gonna rate lower. Right. So it, this is a whole thing. No, I think I, no, I've proven the uh, necessity of this exercise. No, I will not besmirch uh, hearts on fire with your, R- your average, sir. Remind me what i gave the other movies because i think i gave creed 2 and a minus and creed b something we are going back a ways all right so creed 1 both of us gave it an a minus oh okay creed 2 i gave a b and you gave an a there we go yeah yeah um okay i'm gonna go i'm gonna go b plus for this one uh really solid the the Rocky franchise is the best franchise. Um, it is nine movies and one miss. It is the anti-alien predator. <laughs> um, it's it's just it like consistently finds ways to evolve and reinvent, and still make very good movies that just are enjoyable and good at character things. And I don't really understand how it exists in its current state. Yeah, it's pretty impressive. Um, I think I'm going to give it a B minus. Um, I'll need to go back and watch Creed 2. That's the one I'm really mm. curious about because I have not watched that maybe since we did the podcast. Um, but I think ultimately this is probably my least favorite of the three, but it's still, like I said, it's it's a solid yep. sequel. Um, it does a lot of things right. It's impressive for uh, Michael B. Jordan's directorial debut. Um, yes. It's just... It's a little messy in places. Like I said, the pacing, I was thrown off a little bit in the third or the, the second half. Um, yeah, it's it's solid, but B minus. Um, I'm going to do a B minus as well and a B for Creed. I'll go ahead and throw okay. that in there. There we go. Um, I will also say it occurred to me in this conversation that Sylvester Stallone plays himself in the, I believe, second season of This Is Us. Um where he has uh, conversations with Kevin Pearson, who is the son of Milo Ventimiglia's character. So that's kind of a neat yes. little turnaround. I think, and I'm, I wouldn't be shocked I now if not Ventimiglia was like, "Hey, Sly." <laughs> yeah. Conversation specifically huh. about Milo Ventimiglia's character. Um, right. It's all. It's all very good. It's a good TV show. Yeah. Any recommendations before we head off and sh- go to Shadowbox and Children? <laughs> oh. It's Dan What are you guys doing? It's Tuesday. <laughs> uh, T- Tyler and I watched a movie. Tyler, I don't know if you want that to be your recommendation. Um, uh, it is my only recommendation. I was going to say uh, that it would, it would be my only recommendation dogs. as well. Yeah, we're both going to recommend Snow Dogs. Um, no, we watched, uh, Last Night in Soho. Oh, I mean, uh, watch that. And I think both enjoyed it, uh, quite a fair amount. Really good performances across the board. Good cast. Neat movie. I, I feel like I'd heard a lot of, like, mixed things or un- yeah. things that made me unsure of how I was going to feel about it. But overall, I thought it was really well done. Um, a good, I, I felt like the way this story unraveled was, was pretty neat and, effective and i was 
I was pretty pretty happy with it. Pretty happy to have watched it. I like those two leads a lot. I'm just mm-hmm. enjoying Thomas and Mackenzie, so I need to need to get there at some point. Alex, is that yours as well? <laughs> yeah, I I haven't watched a whole lot aside from that. Um, yeah, I think uh, one of the cool things about it is you know it jumps between kind of two different time periods to tell kind of uh, uh, parallel stories, um, and I think it's really neat because both of them are interesting. It's not it leaves one and it's oh oh can we get back to to this one i I don't want to be here like i don't know it does a good job of weaving everything together Mm -hmm. um i also like the way the story unfolded but uh, in many places it seemed a little too over the top with i mean the subtext is text basically um i think the ending tyler we were talking about it the ending does add some nuance to it but i i still feel like it's very the messaging felt very ham-fisted and like i feel like with edgar wright i feel like he could be a bit more subtle sure especially with just like how creative he can get with some of his setups and payoffs in his other movies um i don't know some of it felt a little clunky in that way but it was still very solid i liked it a lot nice my recommendation is kind of a light one i rewatched logan lucky steven soderbergh's uh hillbilly oceans 11 um the thing about I feel like that movie is both too much and not enough. Um, I feel like there are a lot of pieces of the story didn't really hang together for me or didn't really make enough emotional sense. Um, and there are two performances in it that I'm not crazy about, Seth MacFarlane and Hilary Swank. Um, Hilary Swank just feels kind of weird <laughs> in that movie. Um, Seth MacFarlane fits a little bit better. It's just, you know, whatever. But the rest of the performances are fantastic. There's a lot of great actors. Some would say too many characters. Um, I would say that. Um, but everyone in it, aside from those two, is so much fun. Like Channing Tatum's fun. Adam Driver's super fun. Daniel Craig is a lot of fun. Riley Keough's terrific in it. She's great. Uh, Catherine Watterson doesn't need to be in the movie, but she's good in it. Uh, Jack Quaid is in there, our our best friend. Uh, Brian, mm-hmm. Brian Gleason, the other Gleason, is in it. Um, Dylan Minnette. Dylan Minnette. And uh, Sebastian Stan in the most casting that his uh, career has made. <laughs> or the, the most, the time his casting has made the most sense um, to me. And uh, <laughs> who else? Oh, gosh, who else is in it? Um, Dwight Yoakam <laughs> is in it. There's an extended joke about Song of Ice and Fire and Game of Thrones that's pretty enjoyable. Um, Tyler, that I feel you would get a kick out of, because you sure, like you, sure. you truck with that nerd stuff. <laughs> yeah, he does. Um, I've seen it, but it's uh oh, and Katie Holmes and David Denman. Uh, but yeah, it's just it's a very very fun movie with a lot of fun performances, and it moves really quickly. Um, it doesn't have the slickness or the style of Ocean's Eleven, but I think it has. I kind of liked that that Soderbergh wasn't trying to just make another Oceans movie. He was like, "Oh yeah, it's another heist movie." It's I'm I'm leaning on some of the stuff I did in Oceans, but I'm not just doing. It's not literally Hillbilly Oceans Eleven. Um, and like I said, just everybody in it is a or almost everybody in it is a ton of fun. Um, and I just really like Riley Keough a lot. So there is a I would say a variety of accents. Um, everyone is doing it. Everyone's going for it. No one is holding back. 
but the accent, there's still a variety of accents. But in a movie like this, that adds to the fun. And I think yeah, it sort of sure. supports everything. And Adam Driver's quite funny in it. Um, and Daniel Craig, come on. It's just, it's a very, it's a, it's a, it's a good time. So it's not like a movie that I finished it and was like, oh my God, what a fantastic movie. I was like, it's a, it's a fine movie, but what a fun time with those actors, which is often what I want. So Logan Lucky. Logan Lucky sticks out to me for a very weird reason. Um, it, it, it helps to form uh, the greatest trilogy from 2017, which is uh, movies that have interconnecting actors that also have Take Me Home Country Roads as key <laughs> plot points. Mm-hmm. So you have you have Logan Lucky, which stars Channing Tatum and Catherine Waterston, and there's a key set piece towards the end around Take Me Home Country Roads. Um, you have Kingsman the Golden Circle, another one with Channing Tatum that has a key set piece around Take Me Home Country Roads. Uh-huh. Then you have Alien Covenant with Catherine Waterston <laughs> right. that has a key plot point around Take Me Home Country Roads. Incredible. And they all came out in the same year. I've been circling Logan Lucky uh, as a movie to watch at some point soon, but now you've kind of made me concerned. (laughs) I just scared you away from it. Trust me, it's it's solid. You'll have a good time. Of those three movies I listed, it is is the clear winner. (laughs) And it goes down smooth. It really does. Um, I was joking before the podcast, joking, quote unquote. Um, Guys, I almost rented The Predator today. I may have to watch Alien Covenant (laughs) Uh, some do you ever do you ever think I just right, kind of here, want here's my you know some do you ever feel like I just need to get hit in the face? Here's my proposal: is we just that watched you can the boxing watch, movie. You can you can moving forward. So Creed three and Creed one don't count. Right. You can only watch any Alien movies, Alien Predator movies, if you also watch a corresponding Rocky movie. Oh, interesting. Um, so you have to you have to balance it out. Okay, you have to get. Things you will actually enjoy in your system okay. as you're doing this. I mean, Rocky Four has a robot, so uh, of course, yes. Br- I think you actually might really I enjoy might. Rocky. I like No, Robert. no, Tyler, you know what he do? He'd pick Rocky Five. He'd be like, "Oh, that's the one without boxing in it." Oh, let me watch that sure. one. Go on. Yeah, but that, but that one's not even without. That's just like it's got like sad fighting. Yeah. <laughs> it's not that it doesn't have violence. It's just like I think if I were to watch a Rocky movie, so just for no. With no purpose, it would be Rocky Four, so I could see the robot. I think I think that's the right. Yep, that's the correct. Decision. Um, so do that. <laughs> it says "Happy Birthday, Polly," and everyone laughs. That's I great. if you yeah, it's a robot. Um, I if you want to. Oh, oh, and wait, there was something you... else. Uh, I was gonna. Oh, uh, speaking of the cast, the little girl in Logan Lucky is super adorable and great. Alex, did we watch Across the Spider Verse <laughs> since the last podcast recording? You did. Oh, I feel real bad. <laughs> that just occurred to me. You did. It, I was it, at soccer camp. <laughs> it's real. It's real good. Uh, it's a part one. That's a that's a big thing about People it. Going nuts yeah, that, for it. that that would be my my yeah. one big kind of caveat with the movie. Um, that's holding me back from being like, yeah, it's just as good as the first one. Um, yeah. And apparently this was more clear in the marketing or, like, the making of stuff than I was aware of. Because, um, honestly, I didn't follow the movie all that much. I was kind of just like, yeah, I'll wait for it to come out because I'm sure it'll be great. Um, yeah, I mean, they they announced this one and the next one together. Okay. 
this is a part one. It ends on a big cliffhanger. And I've heard, I've heard this from just different reviews I've, I've listened to. Like people are aggravated by the ending. Like people are like audibly upset (laughs) when the movie just kind of ends. Um, so I would definitely kind of take that into account when you go and watch the movie. There was definitely a sort of like, Oh, reaction from our theater (laughs) 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 and with a couple of like, what? Yeah. (laughs) Like, uh, yeah, I, I would. I would agree. I think um, ultimately, it, it, it's it's interesting that we're back in this place with with the kind of the the two sequels being made so close to each other because we're we're back in like Matrix Reloaded Revolutions territory or like the latter two Back to the Future we, movies. Or I think we'll have some interesting yeah. like things to look back on when we kind of get starting with Dune two going through like the next year i think should cover like mission impossible yeah. seven part two and fast 11 and like all these ones that are seemingly doing the in-game infinity or the infinity war in-game thing just like straight up because they want to and because that was really effective i don't know that any of them will be as effective as that one was so we'll have to keep that as a through line i was gonna say in in, in the same way that the first avengers movie ruined so many big hollywood blockbusters in the the following years Yes. Um, uh, the one-two Lord punch of, of Infinity War and Endgame has ruined. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. these. Oh, st- Stop doing these two parts. Yes, except for um, Spider Verse because it's quality. <laughs> yeah, probably it will be fine when it comes out yeah. in like six months or a year or wherever. Um, <clears throat> if you want to hear our in-, in detail thoughts about Spider Verse when we eventually get to that, as well as other random movies we're going to be reviewing, we are. Is Scream Six next week? Yes, sir. I'm not like emotionally in the right <laughs> state for that. Yeah. <laughs> well, my my <laughs> my, wanna... my movie buddy Samara Weaving is in it, so I think that's what's sure. going to get me through. If you want to hear what we think about Scream Six, I guess if uh, you want to listen find to us... Tyler give it a D, while Britton and I give it a B minus, <laughs> more than likely. <laughs> um, maybe you can talk me into a D plus. I don't know. We'll see. Uh, I have not seen the movie. Maybe it's fine. Um, you can find us online at herecomesequels.blogspot.com. You can find us on Twitter at HCTSequels. You can email us at herecomesequels at gmail.com. We are on Spotify and Apple Podcasts and all the podcast apps. Um, that is where you should check us out and subscribe and f- follow and click again, <laughs> again, again. <laughs> Just don't never stop clicking. Follow and click. Play it on every phone. And go to the Apple Store, the the physical Apple Store nearest to you, if those are even open anymore. And throw your phone against the wall and say, "I want another one so I can download." Here come the sequels. Well, yes, that, but also play play it on every phone in the, in the store. Yeah, except for one phone, background. which you will use to play the bets. <laughs> can be a good background sure. sort of ambiance and all that. Yeah. <laughs> It really brings the room together. Um, It does. You can also email us if you have memes, and Joseph has provided a few. I think I will dole these out one by one. Oh. He's he's given us a storage. Did did, uh, Joseph provide his grade for Quantumania with with any of his messages? No. Don't believe so. I just wanted to throw that out there. Uh, A friend of the podcast and and, uh, uh, regular guest... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> your regular guest <laughs> joseph um he decided to text me his grade for quantum media he gave it a d and that is after seeing it in the theater and not seeing it again it's the <laughs> highest of the four of us 
<laughs> I I gave him the advice to not watch it again because I assumed that uh, he, he he would go to F territory. So. Sure, sure. Um, so so the meme that I will describe today that Joseph has provided, uh, it is an Instagram reel. Um, is from an account called Dexter the Balancing Dog, which is a bit of a spoiler, I guess, sure. that I'm saying it, but you know, that is that is the name. Um the uh the description is the name's boy, good boy. Um <clears throat> the video is inside of sort of a standard kitchen, probably something that you'd be expecting if you're thinking of like, oh, what's a kitchen? And maybe maybe it's like a nice apartment, maybe it's like a you know, a remodeled house, something like that. Like it's pretty standard. wood floors, stove in the background. It looks looks like a fine appliance, all that good stuff. Um, we are looking at a at a dog. Um, kind of starts very zoomed in on his snout. So we're just looking at his nose. This is maybe a golden retriever, a golden lab, uh, something like that. Um, and we we zoom out. Um, and as we zoom out, we realize that there are these these ice cream sandwiches that are that are all stacked <laughs> in a tower sort of on his in, be, in between kind of the bridge of his snout and his forehead. Um, he's being very patient. He is definitely a good boy. Um, and uh, the caption that kind of comes up over the video says they call him 007. Uh, zero people hate him. Uh, zero bad behavior and seven ice cream sandwiches balanced on it. <laughs> <laughs> good good meme okay. 10 out of 10 that that had norm mcdonald energy <laughs> also not a meme <laughs> tyler as i said to one of my coworkers, Look, meme is meme has evolved beyond sure. like you, it's not you know it's 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 something joseph don't let them get you down tyler as that i said good to meme. one of my coworkers today i like that it makes you this happy <laughs> <laughs> and I will continue to do please, it as long as I am provided. Please do. If anyone who is not Joseph wants to send a meme, you guys, keep us in memes. Get it in Come there. On. Yeah, yeah. We're so cold. I mean, not that Joseph can continue yeah, to do Joseph, it too, please. but like, I want to describe those memes. Yeah, guys, I want to hear Tyler describe a rage face. <laughs> well, he seems to be it's sort of like <laughs> he seems to be a single <laughs> floating head. Um, maybe is worried that he always will be single. Uh, <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> yeah, that's the podcast. Scream six coming up. <laughs> I've been Alex. <laughs> I've been Britain. I've been Tyler, and you are having a good night. <laughs>